0: A lot of people would love to do a job like mine, and I'll admit, it's pretty awesome. But what about the not so awesome parts? We're pulling back the curtain once again on another part of the tech industry for a sneak peek behind the scenes. It's a benefit of a doubt podcast. Hello and welcome to the Benefit of a Dowd podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week, I'm taking a good long look at a pair of earbuds that I've been playing with for a few weeks now. The TCL Move Audio S600s are TCL's top-tier earbuds that come with fast pairing, active noise cancellation, and pretty good battery life for under 100 bucks. Plus, we're pulling back the curtain on another part of the tech industry, this time with friend of the show, Joe Hindi. Today, Joe answers the question... What do you not like the most about your job? It's true, being a tech writer is a pretty sweet gig, but it can't all be awesome, right? As my psychiatrist would say, let's explore that. And we'll get to all of that, but first, we have to get to the news of the week. This week, Verizon unveiled Thor, the Tactical Humanitarian Operations Response Vehicle, which... Now that I say that out loud, it sounds a lot less sexy, but it can be quickly deployed to natural disaster areas to provide 5G services for frontline responders and some customers while engineers repair whatever damage has been done to the infrastructure. Because right after a hurricane, you really want to be able to download that Taylor Swift album as quickly as possible. But Thor is designed to be a one stop shopping for Verizon disaster relief efforts, and it's named after a popular comic book character played by Chris Hemsworth, which gives it instant nerd cred. But what remains to be seen is whether or not you'll be able to connect to 5G when you're more than 50 feet away from the truck. Wah, wah. But still, this truck is pretty awesome looking with extendable towers and deployable stabilizers. And honestly, when the fit hits the Shan, the first thing you need are reliable communication channels. AT&T recently showed off its sell-on-wheels models, or cows, as they're called. These are drones that can be deployed for the same thing, but with not nearly as cool a name. I also wonder how long a drone can stay in the air to provide network coverage. Anyway, Verizon is winning the naming wars on its disaster relief vehicles. And of course, it would be better if we didn't need them at all. But at the very least, Verizon has a plan. Hammer sold separately. This week, The Verge reported that Tim Cook really hates people who leak confidential information, which led to the headline, quote, Tim Cook says employees who leak memos do not belong at Apple, according to Leaked Memo. And that's just a delicious headline. According to The Verge, who, by the way, reprinted the leaked memo in full, Tim Cook really hates it when secrets get out, like details about the iPhone 13 a week before it was released, stuff like that. But the thing is, Apple is a victim of its own success. It's too big to monitor all of its employees, and it's too popular to prevent employees from leaking information. But make no mistake, if you work for Apple and you leak anything, you are going to be fired, like, hardcore fired assuming they find out. So is there a story here? Eh, Not really, just a headline which I thought deserved some praise because I enjoyed the sweet, sweet irony. So now you can enjoy it too. And let's just keep this Apple train a-rolling because this week Tim Sweeney officially asked Apple to let Fortnite back into the App Store and Apple said, hmm, let me think about that for a second. No. Basically, last week, the judge ordered Apple to allow Epic back in if Epic applied to be let in and if Epic paid $6 million in restitution that it owed. And this week, Apple said it wasn't going to let Epic back in until their appeals were exhausted, which could take up to five years, according to Whiny Sweeney. And I have to be honest here, if Tim Sweeney whines as much in real life as he does online you couldn't pay me to work for him, let alone be his spouse. I don't care how rich he is. Now, Apple did say that they'd be willing to let Fortnite back in if Epic Games played by the rules, and Sweeney said, okay, we'll do that, and Apple still denied the request, and I can't say I totally blame Apple here. Like, let's imagine Tim Sweeney walked into his mom's house and said, F you mom and F you dad, and then started peeing all over the furniture until his parents kicked him out. And then Tim stood there on the front porch screaming at the neighbors until someone called the cops, and then the cops came by and finally got him to calm down, and then the police knocked on the door and asked if Tim plays nice, can he come back in, and his parents said fine. But before Tim could even take a single step before the door, he started up with the F you mom F you dad crap again, and his parents just slammed the door. I guess that. I really do. Tim Sweeney has done nothing but berate and whine about Apple and the App Store while the two of them fought between who gets to keep these extra millions of dollars between them, and now he's all shocked and shaken when his parents have finally shown him the door. I mean, come on, Tim, you're older than I am, so please grow up already. And again, I'd like to reiterate my stance that the Apple App Store is 100% a monopoly and it boggles the mind that anyone could rule that it's not. So Apple's not totally not at fault here, but God, this whole story sucks. And if there's one takeaway from this whole story is that it's gonna go on for another five years and just God damn it. Facebook, the crappy company run by terrible people, released another portal device this week called the Portal Go, as in, go and try to find someone else with a portal that you can call. They also introduced the Portal Plus, as in, here's a portal plus you make bad decisions. The Portal Go is the more interesting of the two because this portal has a handle on the back and a rechargeable battery, which means you can take it with you while you hide in a closet and make calls with your portal because you don't want anyone to actually see that you bought a portal. The Portal Go has a 10-inch display, 4-microphone array, 5-watt speakers, and 20-watt subwoofer. There's also a wireless charging dock that you can set it in when you've depleted the battery trying to find something to do with this stupid thing that you just bought. Facebook is positioning these devices as work-from-home companions, which I was going to make a joke here, but Facebook actually has been really cool about its work-from-home policies, so, you know, credit where it's due. The Portals will have Microsoft Teams integration later this year in case you want to buy one now and then not use it until Teams integration comes because as we've already established you make bad decisions the portal go is priced at $199 and the portal plus at $349 and both come with a free slap across the head from me Meanwhile, Amazon's Assistant, which I will not say lest I activate your Echo stuff, but those devices will be receiving OnStar support in the not-too-distant future. OnStar is the vehicular emergency system that you can access with a push of a button from your car. An operator will come on and ask how they can assist, call 911 for you, stay with you while you wait for help to arrive, stuff like that. The idea here is that if someone has an emergency, they can simply say... A name, call for help, and the Echo will connect you to OnStar. So if you've fallen and you can't get up, or if you find a burglar or something, you don't need to grab your phone, you could just ask OnStar for help. And I have to say... This is actually a bit of a coup for Amazon Echo devices. This kind of functionality isn't available on Google devices, and I'll be honest, if I'm in the market to pick up a new smart speaker, this might be a major selling point for me. Of course, I don't think I'll ever need that kind of help, but it's better to have it and not need it. You do need to be an OnStar member, so it's important to keep that in mind as well, but if you have the service, it can now keep you safe in your car and soon in your home. Speaking of Amazon, the megastore with its very own Space Deck also announced three new Kindles this week. There's the new Kindle Paperwhite, Paperwhite Kids Edition, and Paperwhite Signature Edition. The Paperwhite is a refresh of the Paperwhite released in 2018, and it adds a larger screen, smaller bezels, USB-C charging, 10 weeks of battery life, a new processor, a warm light feature that turns on backlighting to orange, which can be easier on the eyes when you're reading in bed. Also, the Paperwhite Kids adds a kid-friendly cover and two years of no-questions-asked replacement policy. And the Paperwhite Signature gives you a lot more storage and wireless charging. The new Paperwhite will go for $139.99, the Kids Edition at $159, and the Signature Edition at $189.99. I got my Paperwhite back on a Black Friday deal for I think around... $80, so if I were you, I'd wait a few weeks until Black Friday sales start, but overall, these are really nice upgrades. It's not enough if you already have a Kindle Paperwhite, but if you're in the market, these are pretty sweet devices, and they no longer use micro USB, and that's a win for everyone. Remember last week when SpaceX launched the Inspiration 4 into space for three days, and I mentioned at the time that they had basically no training? Well, apparently they needed more training with the onboard bathroom, and if that sounds horrible, it seems like maybe it wasn't the worst thing, but according to Elon, there were issues. Now, I can't confirm that there's a poop stain on the seats in the new Crew Dragon spacecraft, but I also can't deny it either. Needless to say, according to Elon, they need to do some work in that department, because... Pooping in space is a fairly complicated affair, especially when you're in a spaceship the size of an elevator with three other, air quotes, luxury passengers. It's not like you can crank down a window and look for a gas station, as Tom Hanks once said. So, what upgrades are possible? That's anyone's guess, but I'll be honest, it boggles my imagination how that works at all. So, let's just get these images out of our heads, okay? Okay. Okay. Here's a pretty neat item that came across the newsfeed. There's a new device from IKEA that you can stick on or screw to the underside of a table and turn that surface into a wireless charging area. Basically, it's an invisible wireless charger. Now, this is an IKEA product, so bear with me here, but it's called the Stromatick, and it's basically a box with a plug going into it that you can mount under a wood or plastic surface between three ths and seven eighths of an inch thick. There's also an included sticker that you can stick onto the table so you know, you know, where the wireless charger is. Now, what's cool about this is that you can modify your existing furniture to do this. It costs $40, and it comes with double-sided mounting tape. Screws are sold separately. Of course, you still need to plug the box in, so you'll want to make sure that whatever table you modify is, you know, near an outlet. But beyond that, it's very straightforward. I've always wanted to try one of these things in the past, but I kind of always run into the obstacle of you know actually having a surface that's right for this i don't have a lot of qualifying surfaces in my home so i'd have to give it some thought but a nightstand would be a good pick for something like this and if you have something like this to modify you can hit the article in the show notes and pick one up Microsoft held its Surface event this week and introduced a ton of new hardware, including the Surface Pro 8, new Surface Slim Pen, Surface Go 3, Surface Adaptive Kit to make your Surface laptop a little more accessible, and a new eco-friendly mouse made with 20% ocean plastic. And by the way, I should say that 20% of the mouse is ocean plastic, not that the mouse used 20% of the ocean plastic. So that's an important distinction. But the two things I wanted to talk about are the Surface Laptop's Studio and the Surface Duo 2. The Surface Laptop Studio is Microsoft's new flagship laptop with a very unusual screen design. You'll recall the Surface Studio is a gigantic all-in-one computer that tilts down so you can draw on it. Well, the Surface Studio laptop has a lid on it that opens like a normal laptop. But that lid also has a hinge on it that allows the screen to tilt forward so it can essentially lie flat on top of the keyboard. This is designed for artists and such who might prefer a drawing surface like that. It's a really fun and unique design, but honestly, I'm not sure if it's terribly more useful than a detachable or a 360-degree hinge that just swings around the back of the keyboard. Still, whatever the case, I dig it. Then we have the Surface Duo 2. And on paper, I will say that Microsoft knocked this one out of the park. I actually wrote an editorial at Digital Trends last week that talked about three things that the Surface Duo needed to do, and one of those things was flagship specs. And sure enough, Microsoft came out guns blazing. You've got all the specs you would look for in a 2021 flagship. Snapdragon 888, 8 gigabytes of RAM, 128 to 512 gigabytes of storage, a triple camera setup, and all the trimmings. Microsoft seems to be going for for it with this device, and I can totally respect that, but I'll give the same disclaimer that I gave in that editorial. If the software isn't there, none of this matters because the software was a dumpster fire, and we won't know that until the reviews start to drop. Meantime, this phone is priced at $1,500, which... Also, I wrote in an editorial I'm kind of okay with. Some tech folk think that Microsoft shouldn't crap the bed and then charge an extra $100 a year later, regardless of the specs, and they have a point. But personally, I think it's okay that it costs that much because had the software had not been a train wreck last year, it would have totally been worth the $1,400, and this year should be no different. That might just be me, though. If you disagree, slash contact, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. This week, the EU announced that it would seek to adopt rules forcing all mobile electronics, including phones and other electronics like tablets, cameras, headphones, and more, to use the USB-C standard for charging. What the EU did not say is that Apple is pretty much the reason why they have to propose these rules, because aside from a handful of accessory makers I could name who may or may not be called Helm, Apple is really the only one not using USB-C in its phones and headphones and whatnot. Even though they have adopted the standard, For computers and tablets. But for some reason, Apple is stubbornly clinging to its Lightning, even though, by most reasonable standards, USB C is superior. The EU wants standardization so that anyone can use their old cables on new electronics. But the question that should be asked is okay, if we do that, what about all the Lightning cables that are out there? And the EU hasn't answered that question. But I digress. Detractors have come out against this plan, such as Benedict Evans and John Gruber, who have traditionally held fairly pro-Apple stances. Throw in Boy Genius Report and you have the Apple fanboy trifecta. Anyway, Evans called the move, quote, profoundly stupid because it will stifle innovation. So tell me, Benedict, can I call you Benedict? Benedict? Tell me, Benedict, how much innovation has the lightning port seen in the last eight years? Oh, what's that? None? Nada? Zip? Zero? I get it. So, try another one, fanboys. While people are worried about what's going to happen when a new standard is invented in six years... That's fine. We can worry about that in six years. Right now we have a standard and Apple isn't using it. So we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it. In the meantime, the EU is being forced to do what Apple should have done years ago, and I can't say I'm totally against it. And finally, scientists created the world's whitest paint, and let's just get a few of these jokes out of the way right off the bat. It's so white that it mows its lawn with a tractor. It's so white that it drinks white wine spritzers. It's so white that it'll probably be killed in a hot air balloon accident. It's so white that it would have voted Obama in for a third term if it could have. It's so white it enjoys Twitter. Anyway, it's pretty white, and you're probably asking yourself... Why is this a big deal, and more importantly, why are you, a middle-aged white guy, making these jokes that will do nothing except probably cost you the chance to host Jeopardy in the future? Those are all very good questions. So the reason why the paint is so cool is because it is literally so cool. The paint was designed to be as reflective as possible, which means it will reflect away 98.1% of solar radiation. I'm going to quote this next part from the article here because it's smart, and I'm not. But, quote, because the paint absorbs less heat from the sun than it emits, a surface coated with this paint is cooled below the surrounding temperature without consuming power. Using this new paint to cover a roof area of about a 1,000 square feet could result in a cooling power of 10 kilowatts. And that, the article continues, is more powerful than most air conditioners used by most houses. And that's really cool. Paint that actually cools the air around it because it reflects so much of the sun's light. I'm not ready to throw away my air conditioner just yet, but this is one of those neat things that you hear about that could change the world in the not-too-distant future. One of the scientists Ziyuan Ruan said in a statement that they set out to create the world's whitest paint in an effort to curb global warming. The paint could help people save energy and fight climate change by eliminating or reducing the need for air conditioners and I have to hand it to the scientists if there's anything that will finally get Republicans to help fight climate change it's probably by creating something really really white well played science This week on the podcast, I want to take a moment to talk about true wireless earbuds that I've been using for the past few weeks. They're the TCL Move Audio S600 true wireless earbuds. I've been using them exclusively for weeks, and I'm ready to share some thoughts. Right off the bat, I want to point out that my one big negative for these buds, because you know it's important to make a good first impression, right? This isn't a terrible criticism, but these earbuds are basically AirPods Pro clones. Now, all things considered, that's not too bad because AirPods Pro cost $250 and these only cost $100. And you'll get a lot of the same things that you'll get from AirPods Pro, active noise cancellation transparency mode for hearing your environment, touch-sensitive areas for volume, skip tracking, Google Assistant, and more. But physically speaking, these are a lot like AirPods Pro with the silicon tips that get inserted into your ear canal and the stems that stick down from your ears into the void, like earbuds missing their wire. It's not a great look, but at least these aren't white, although they do come in white. The gray and silver buds and stems can blend into your ears so they don't look as ridiculous, but Well, we'll just say I'm more of a fan of the Galaxy Buds Pro design. The battery case is your typical case where the top flips open, the buds slip in and stick magnetically, fairly standard stuff. The charging case charges via USB-C and via wireless charging, which is super sweet and becoming more and more common in $99 wireless earbud territory. In terms of battery life, TCL advertises about 8 hours of battery life on a charge, and that seems consistent with my findings. There's another 36 hours in the charging case, and I'm not so sure about that part. I usually got two extra charges before plopping it onto a charging pad. Even so, that's a total of 32 hours of listening time, which is honestly more than enough. I didn't charge my headphones often during my time with them, a few times for sure, but I would only listen to stuff like half an hour at a time, so that's not a lot of battery usage going on there. Overall, it's safe to say that these earbuds will last you a good long time, certainly over a weekend, if not a full week of use. As for the software, the first thing I was delighted to come across was Google's fast pairing protocol. Basically, when you open the case near an Android-powered phone, the device should recognize the device and open a dialog that shows a picture of the buds and a simple connect button. Hit it, and you're connected. It's pretty slick, but... It didn't always work, and I'm not really sure why. I tried to isolate just a single phone to get it to pair, and sometimes it worked, sometimes not. To be honest, there's so many Bluetooth devices around my house that they could have already been connected to something else, which I didn't realize, which is why they didn't trigger on the new device I was testing. It's a stupid problem to have, and I tried to eliminate it. So with a caveat, I'm going to say that fast pairing is potentially cool, but fairly hit or miss. In terms of software, TCL has an app that controls the functions in the earbuds. You can set a tap, a double tap, a triple tap, and a long tap, and each earbud can be configured separately. One thing I'm not a fan of is that each earbud has a specific set of controls for volume, track skipping, and Google Assistant, and you can't mix and match. For example, the right earbud is set to volume control, and it's tapped once for up, long tap for down, but that's it that leaves off the double and triple tapping which could otherwise be configured. It's a limitation that in my opinion just doesn't have to be there. As for sound quality, it's pretty good. You get a good solid range of tones from deep bass all the way up to the high end. Nothing is overblown, but all the same I'd like to see some EQ settings in here for fine-tuning the sound a little bit. They offer a nice balanced sound, but I'll want different profiles for podcasts than I will for meetings or music. The earbuds also have wearing detection, which automatically stops music when you take them out. It's a configurable option, by the way. You don't have to pause the music when you take them out. But I left that option on because of what I'm about to say next. The noise cancellation and isolation in the earbuds are both good, but not great. The seal in the ear canal is fine, and it blocks out a lot of sound. Active noise cancellation is similarly good. Driving with windows open is always a decent test, and those worked pretty well. Another good test for ANC is how low you can keep the level of what you're listening to, and in that respect, these work pretty well. The transparency mode technology that allows you to leave the buds in and have conversations... It's not all that great. The microphones aren't sensitive enough to pick up what you need them to pick up. One frequent example that I ran into was drive throughs and putting aside the fact that I went to way too many drive throughs during my test period, I often had to remove the buds to properly hear what people were saying to me. And that's also the case for like, cashiers when I was inside a store, so if you're thinking it was just because I wasn't facing them directly or something, that's not the case basically you can use transparency mode to hear your surroundings when you're outside biking or running but for conversations it's not all that great so where does that leave us overall i'm pretty happy with these buds as is in my world the things i look for are decently long battery life good anc and both play controls and volume controls in an easy to use package and these buds check all of those boxes can you get better buds yes but you're going to spend more money The Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro, for example, have better ANC and better transparency, but I'm not in love with the touch controls there since I have to pick between volume and track skipping. But in the $99 space, there are a lot of options out there, including another set or two of buds that I'll be talking about in future episodes, spoiler alert. But for now, these are my go-to buds and probably will be for the foreseeable future, especially now that I'm on iOS and I simply will not buy AirPods at all, ever. As always, there's a link in the show notes and on BenefitofDoubt.com. And if you pick up a set, you'll be helping out the show. But more importantly, I think you'll be getting your money's worth. But for now, let's get back to the show. I have often said that the absolute worst day that I have doing what I do for a living right now, which is working in the tech space, is 10 times better than the best day that I had at any other job that I have ever worked and I think my guest today would agree with that assessment because I am talking to Joe Hindi from Android Authority resident app expert at Android Authority and a former podcast partner of mine Joe how you doing today
1: I'm doing pretty good
0: buddy how you doing today I am doing not bad, and we're both going to pretend like I didn't just ask you that question like 45 minutes ago. So, <laughs> I love it. Hey, two podcasts
1: in the same day, dude. I'm for it. That's Efficiency. right. That's right.
0: So, like, the reason you're here is this is part of a new Pulling Back the Curtain segment on my on the show, which the Pulling Back the Curtain is kind of a working title at this point. But um, but I, I kind of like it. I'm kind of feeling it. But uh, I just wanted to give kind of like an insider's look at, um, you know, working in the tech industry. And, you know, for all the people that say, you know, hey, how do you get started in this industry? I want to make sure that they actually want to be here. Uh, <laughs> so um, what I want to talk to you about, was like a lot of the a lot of these segments are going to be geared towards reviewing phones and reviewing things and stuff like that you you don't really do a heck of a lot of that but you still work in the tech industry so i think this question is still relevant to you like okay. what is the worst part about your job and and that can be like your the worst part I mean I obviously I don't want to I don't want you to be like oh screw my bosses man no this is a public thing so <laughs> um and you know we all have supervisors that we have to deal with uh, mine are particularly good but I won't I'll won't pass judgment for you but like when it comes to the actual nuts and
1: bolts of your job like what's what are some of like the things that you don't particularly like about it um, all right, so the biggest thing that I've ever had uh, in terms of just purely the job is the long days, right? Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody in this industry <laughs> knows exactly what I'm talking about, the long days, the days where you wake up, like, nine, ten o'clock in the morning, and you have a thing to do, and it's due that same day. Um, it happens less and less frequently these days, um, industry-wide, right? Like, people are just not um, – the way the, the embargoes work, everyone's getting stuff early now um and more and more people are getting stuff early now so it's not quite Mm -hmm. as bad as it used to be but back in the day and it still happens occasionally um you'll you'll get a thing uh, an assignment of some kind and it has to be done that day and it's 12 hours and there's nothing you can do about it like 12 12 13 14 hours i have started working on a video at noon and finished it at three o'clock in the morning um and i remember a couple of those (laughs) I, i had one of them um Literally yesterday, <laughs> woke up at nine, got off of work at uh, I think it was nine nine thirty. It was a twelve hour day doing mm-hmm. the uh, the Samsung Unpacked Roundup video. Uh, I, I had to get the YouTube video down to get all that B roll. Had to get some B roll from our uh, coworkers who had the stuff. You know, mm-hmm. do the script, read the script, edit everything. Stop for an hour and a half because we had a thunderstorm and knock my power out. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. And it just, yeah, it was like eight o'clock. I finally finished up with work and got everything uploaded and everything. So it was, and then, um, every time Android or every time Google drops a new Android OS update, that th- which, been the, 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 which by the way year. also happened yesterday. <laughs> yes. Which also happened yesterday. It was a beta. Thank God. It was just a polished beta. Right. So right. there wasn't anything like worth making a video about, but like, if it was like some huge feature update, I probably would have had to have not done this podcast today. Cause I would have been working on the Android video. Um, but it doesn't happen nearly as often anymore, and I think it's uh, it's allowed me to stay a little bit calmer than I used to be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those thirteen, those twelve to fifteen hour days still pop up occasionally, and I think it's my least favorite part of the job. I can relate to that. Um, not so much. Uh Not so much
0: like the single project that has to get done, like I have those too, but like for me, the long days come from the fact that i like I do a freelance thing during the day, like a full time freelance gig, and then like when the night comes around, I've got like three or four other sites that I'm working for that I'm doing like individual projects for them, but like you know it's all nights and weekends stuff, so if I have like you know, four other projects to do that week. That's four other nights that I'm working. That I'm not just like you know, hanging around with my family or doing whatever. Like for example, when I'm done here, when I'm done talking to you, I'm going to go make dinner, eat dinner, come back down here, and start working for a how-to do, how-to guide for LifeWire. And yesterday, um, speaking of that that beta drop was I was doing an article for Android central about how to grant, um, you know, course location permissions for, for, for apps. And I had the, the entire article written um, the way that it existed in Android 12. Then this new feature dropped and suddenly they actually added the button where you could choose precise or course location when you were granting the, the permission. So, like, I had to, like, throw out half of what I would written and rewrite it because, like, suddenly we had that option. So, um, you know, before I was like, you know, I know there's supposed to be a thing here, but it's not here. And so, like, yeah. So, I mean, like, I would say, yeah, for me, the long days are, are rough. But I that's kind of self-inflicted because, you know, I, I have more than one job. But for me, like, a lot of my frustrations come from, like, I would say, like, incomplete instructions or like, you know, cause I'm given assignments, you know, that's kind of my, my world is I'm given assignments. Here's how I want, here's what we want you to write. Here's a headline, go write it. And so like, sometimes I'm kind of left in the lurch, like, um, I don't know <laughs> like what you're looking for in terms of that, but, um, but yeah. For, and like just general doing work and then like having to throw it out for some
1: reason. Like, you know Oh, I hate it when that happens. I don't it doesn't happen yeah. to me very often, but when it does happen, like I've I've had to hit the, the, the control A, you select all, delete, flip yep. off the screen and get up and go you know, yell at my garage door for twenty go minutes. For, <laughs> go for a walk. And yeah, go for a back. walk. Yeah. Um,
0: but uh but yeah, I mean and like all things considered, that's not terrible. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. And like, you know, what they say is as long as you're As long as you're doing what you love, you never have to work a day in your life, and you know two bumper stickers you've quoted now, two. I'm uh, keeping track. Okay, all right. Um, You know it's and (laughs) and it's fine. Like I do enjoy my job. I love my job. I love what I do for my job. I love all aspects of it. But you know, there are still times that I that I want to you know flip off the screen and go yellow my garage door. Oh, for sure um, anything else get your goat about like what you uh, what you
1: do for a living like writing or working from home anything like that um, I mean they, it's one of those things where it's kind of situational right because like there's some days where like you know I, I work alone every day yeah right some days it's wonderful right you get the <laughs> peace and the quiet you know you, you put the headphones on and you put on whatever music you want if it's a nice day you open the window and maybe you light a candle and you know it, may, may, you know, it smells nice whatever and then, like, there's some days where you're just like, antsy, you know, bouncing in the chair. Like, I want to get the hell out of here and yeah. just go talk to literally any other human being in person. Um, you know what? And that's you so know what I like. Is-
0: you, s- you talk about putting your headphones on and, you know, getting to work and blah, blah, blah. I'm looking forward to when my kids and wife go back to school and I don't have to put on
1: headphones and I could just play the music as loud as I goddamn want. <laughs> I have. I, I, you know what? I know that feeling kind of. I don't know the feeling that I know the feeling of not putting on the headphones anymore. I've got several uh, computer audio pieces of equipment in in my wish list that i am been looking at to upgrade my speaker experience in here. So I don't have to wear these anymore. Nice. Uh but, yeah, you know, like, and it's, it's very situational like that. Like some days, you know, I love my camera, right? I got a new one uh, just a couple of months ago. It was the Nikon Z6 II. It's the nice. first camera I ever bought for myself that wasn't, like, given to me by my job. Right. Um, so it's like I have that ownership feel about it. But then there's some times where I point the damn thing at the, at, the, at another damn thing, and I can't get the damn thing to look how I want. Um, and then I'm angry, right? And it's like, oh, this sucks. Come on, man. Like, not today. It's, it's 730. I'm going to be done with this video at 1 in the morning you know just not today you know sometimes tech will mess up sometimes my windows 10 installation will mess up sometimes i'll log in i have to wait like 20 minutes for an update and like it's weird yeah. when that kind of happens Right? And it's the first thing that happens in your work day and you have to wait for windows to update it feels like you just blew like your whole work day and then you get to actually start working and you're like all right i overreacted you know <laughs> so it's like <laughs> totally you know that. there's there's no other real big things right the long days are the worst and the thing is it's not even unique to our stuff i mean you know uh my, you know, my, my fiance, like she, she's worked 12 hour days at work before. Uh, when I was a kid, I worked at Tim Hortons and KFC and managed to work a 24, 24 25 and a, or 24 hours in a 25 hour period. Nice. Um, nice. yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where like long days happens to everybody's, but it, it still happens when you work from home and, and do a technologically, you know, do a technological blogging job or tech blog yeah. job. So, Absolutely. um, to those at home who are who are thinking about doing this for a living, you're not getting out of long work days. I'm sorry. Nope. Was no, was sir. MKPHD I- has long days. I guarantee it.
0: Oh, yeah. When I was working when I was working in Android authority, I think I was talking to Chris um, uh, uh, Carlin. The uh,
1: I, I, I don't know if he's still there. Actually, I assume he is. He is. But oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah I was, He's still the, he's still the head um, on show editor boss guy.
0: But I was telling him, or maybe it was Eric, one of the two, but I was telling him, I'm like, you know, I didn't get into this industry because I love weekends or nights, <laughs> you know? Exactly, dude. Like, yeah,
1: it's Friday night. I don't care. That's right? why I do this job. <laughs> yeah. If so. I cared, I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't still be here. I wouldn't be getting, you know, paid a livable wage, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like people who don't work on weekends and, oh, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but you know, like people who don't who don't have adaptive work schedules to some extent uh ultimately have a much worse time than people who do.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying very
1: that. hard not to trash anybody, right? Cuz I know like some people are like I will not work weekends. I got to spend that with my family. Get it? You're not a bad person right, for right, wanting right, totally, that. Right. You're, totally. you're not a bad worker for wanting that. But every night, no, you know, every now and again you might have to sit down on a Saturday.
0: It happens. Yeah. You know yeah, It does. It does. And that's with a lot of jobs. But anyway, Joe, uh, thank you for uh, for taking the time to come on and pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, for us. And uh, and uh, yeah,
1: that's that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Fantastic. That's my I outro. look forward to being on again someday. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you on again. Don't worry about it.
0: So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. I'd like to thank friend of the show, Joe Hindi, for hopping on and chatting about his job and my job that we love so much and for this peek behind the curtain. I'd like to thank Cliff Thomas for all of his hard work behind the scenes. But most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.